I was talking with my cousin uh, recently. She works in Leamington, but she works with a company that um, does events. And uh, she's getting married, so there's an event in her life coming up. And uh, she was saying what an event it's going to be. But she was telling me about one of the events she had to organize earlier on. It was in Beijing a few years ago. Quite exotic, really. And it was for Versace. Not Versace fans, clearly. Uh, but uh, she, she, she said it was, you know, all the effort and all the work that... Designer label. Versace is a designer fashion label. French. Sorry, I missed that detail out. Uh, and she said, it, you know, the, the amount of effort, lights and staging, and they got, they'd hired celebrities and, you know, for this, the launch of this new particular fashion product. And they flew people in, and there was all the great razzmatazz and press releases. And it was all very, very grand. And um, all tremendous effort. And sometimes that's the way... The world does it with lights and fanfare and acclaim. The marriage in Luxembourg, I don't know if you saw the BBC news this week of a big royal wedding in Luxembourg, the great and the good, and all, all dressed up to their finery. But Jesus says sometimes things work differently. And he tells some parables and talks about the kingdom. We're preaching through our vision statement in the mornings at church, and we're in building the kingdom, and the kingdom is kind of occupying my mind. It does from time to time. I'm thinking, what is it? And Jesus said, uh, just after the parable of the sower, he talks about the parable of the weeds, and then he talks about the mustard seed or the yeast. And uh, I'll read from Matthew's uh, gospel, verse 31. And that's the particular reference. But he, said, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He didn't say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken to the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Mustard seeds. Jesus uses this example a lot. In Matthew 17, verse 20, he replied, but... You have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mark 4, verse 31. It's like a... which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. What is it like? The kingdom of heaven. Luke 13, uh, verse 19. It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. The kingdom of God is like that. And in Luke 17, 
verse 6. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. He likes mustard seeds. If you cook Indian food, it's a good recipe. I forgot some, in, I have some at home and I was going to bring it, but I forgot. Sorry. But there's a picture just there. Oh, back we go. That's what it looks like. Small. Jesus reflected on it a lot. But you may say to me, a mustard seed isn't the smallest seed. Poppies are smaller. And there are seeds that are smaller than that still. So did Jesus get, get it wrong? And you may say, well, Jesus, it isn't the biggest tree. Have you not been to California and seen the, uh, the giant redwoods since you created the world? You should know about them, shouldn't you? Sometimes we read the scriptures and these things are thrown up, particularly when we're educated and scientific. But... No, but that, that's the thing, question people ask. I'm not being flippant. People would say, "Why? how can you believe Jesus? He said it's the smallest seed and it's the, mustard seed, the tree is the biggest. It's not, clearly. He's wrong. And it's just worth noting that. Jesus isn't giving a botany lesson. Believe it or not. And he's using things in the common day life that people would have had and known about. And it was one of the smallest things known at that time commonly available, a bit like the Versace reference. If you no one understands what I'm talking about, it doesn't communicate. But people knew about mustard seeds. And he chose, Jesus is really good at choosing his images carefully. The mustard seed is proverbially small. The, the, the smallest thing, the insignificant thing, the tiny thing, the overlooked. And that's what he says. The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, if you read Matthew, is like what? A mustard seed. And it's initially insignificant. It's tiny and small. And that's the shock of Jesus' parable. He's there, gathered with all of the disciples, just after the parable of the sower. And maybe they're thinking, well, is it kind of wheat or barley seed? No, he said it's, it's small. Sowing, perhaps, like mustard one of the things I, I mentioned, that the parables don't just give us a, pack on, a pat on the back, but they give us a kick up the pants. There's a shock about them. Why is it a shock? Well, Jesus uh, hearers, and perhaps we, would be initially shocked by the idea of uh, comparing the kingdom of God, the rule and dominion and reign of almighty, awesome, universe-creating gods to say his kingdom is like a tiny little seed. Weird or what, hey? Maybe more like a conquer, we'd think. Or a coconut. Mustard seed? To them, must, must have seemed ridiculous to say God's reign and rule, the one who rescued people from, from Egypt through the Exodus, the one who parted the seas, parted the River Jordan, the one who moved with them in a pillar of cloud and fire, whose glory filled the temple, who defeated armies again and again. There's Jesus. The kingdom of God is like this tiny little seed. I mean, come on, Jesus. More like the seed for the cedar of Lebanon, those big, grand, tall trees. Mustard seed, this common, 
everyday small seed. And even the finished plant, the mustard tree, it's not really in your book of, you know, if you've got a coffee table book of trees, your mustard seed tree isn't in there, is it? It's not one of your kind of classic poetic, you know, the tall oaks of England and the cedars of Lebanon and the holly and the, you know, it's, it's a mustard tree. What's he on about? I mean, a scotch pine would be nicer and pine cones, much more beautiful than mustard seed in this tree. But it's just reminding the kingdom of God, if or heaven, to use Luke and Matthew's language, it's surprising because it doesn't happen the way we expect. Bucks the trend, doesn't follow our ways. That Jesus is driving the point home that the beginnings of Christianity as a whole, the beginnings of God's ways as a whole, remind us that it starts small. Little baby in a manger. Christmas is nine weeks, thanks, Herbie. We remember, it starts small. Not in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem. Not in a five-star hotel, but a squatty little bed and breakfast. And Jesus grew up unnoticed in Galilee. Trained just 12 men and learned who turned the world upside down. No doubt you've heard this before, but it's worth repeating. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman, Jesus. He grew up in yet another village where he worked in a carpenter shop till about 30. Then for three years, he moved about preaching. Never wrote a book, never held any office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He traveled no more than 200 miles from place to place where he was born. He did none of the things usually one associates with greatness. Didn't have credentials or letters, but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And while he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothes. The only property that was Jesus on earth. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he's still the central figure in the human race. Someone says that all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings and queens that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of this man, or the, the life of this man on earth as much as that one solitary life. Mustard seed. The God takes the unpromising situation and transforms it to glory and triumph. The greatest event in history was the most greatly underestimated in the world, the cross, crucifixion. No reporters that day sent from the BBC with all their outside broadcasts saying, history's being made this day, dear viewers. Good Friday. We're privileged to witness this event. We have ringside seats. No. The death of Jesus to all who watch, defeat, failure. The disciples dejected, the mockers shouting, save yourself, come on, Jesus. And Satan rejoicing in the apparent victory. Yet the temple curtain gets rent in two. 
As the disciples preached in Jerusalem a few weeks later, Acts 4, then know this, you and all people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. The man at the gate of the temple. He is the stone, Jesus. You builders rejected, which has become the capstone. The God's ways, the kingdom ways, are about taking the, unco- the unpromising situation and turning it into his glory. And this is the way, this is the way his kingdom works. Don't be discouraged by small things or tiny things. That God's got this way of of taking that, that small seed, that foolish beginning, that inconsequential start, that treasure that's in a cracked or broken jar of clay, the foolish things in the world to shame the weak, or those who are particularly weak and know it, to show his strength. The prophetic word from Isaiah, he grew up, Jesus, before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Kingdom ways. This is what the kingdom of God is like now. I was having a chat not so long ago with a friend who's seeking to be an MP and uh, he's going great guns at it and we talk politics from time to time and uh, we're not that far apart so it's friendly conversation, you know what politics is like. And Paul uh, is, is a man of vision and a man of courage and, and I hope he gets selected and elected and I'd like it if he became Prime Minister so I'd go in, go in number 10, you know. Um, <laughs> Who knows? But in talking with him, there's a sense in which, well, you know, great things, great changes, you know, the speeches and the opportunities. But I had to remind him that often the world is changed by the small event. It's not the big Versace launch. The small things. Sometimes the unnoticed that actually make the big difference in life. You see, God takes the inconsequential, the first meeting, the, the chance encounter, those simple words that are offered at that critical moment, and that becomes the pivotal change in your life. The person that just happened to be a stranger that becomes the very special friend. Just so with God's love. First it seems to be inconsequential, then grows much more significant. That great illustration someone said, you know, take a snowflake, doesn't do much, but have a few hundred thousand, stops traffic. God takes the small and the unlikely and the unnoticed turns them into his sovereign vessel. People who are rejected get God's attention. C.H. Spurgeon, that great preacher of former years, became a Christian at about 12, 13, planted his first church by 16, was turned down by Regent's College in Oxford. Not suitable. And yet, 
a small seed was planted and a great tree grew. Parables show us, this parable shows us that God takes the simplest and the smallest of elements, changes them, life-changing. Victor Hugo, who, who wrote Les Miserables, said, like the trampling of a mighty army, so is the force of an idea whose time has come. And it leads to giant growth. See, in this mustard seed, in spite of its minute size, Alan was saying he does a sermon where he puts mustard seed on everyone's chair and shocks them to say you're sitting on it. Because no one notices. Nicked it now, Alan. And despite its minute size, it grows, says Jesus, to become the largest of plants. Big enough for the birds to perch in its branches. And for Jesus, it's this growth of the tiny seed into a large plant that resembles the kingdom of God or heaven. Whereas his listeners probably expected God's kingdom to be inaugurated in a dramatic, earth-shattering, kind of fanfare manner. Small beginnings. Biblical precedent. Daniel is a tree and, and birds come and roost in it. Ezekiel mentions that and, the, and the, uh, the Gentiles, other nations kind of taking roost, coming part of, belonging to. Someone said it like this. If you'd venture to guess about the future of Jesus' kingdom, two-thirds of the way through his ministry and life, how optimistic would you have been he grew up in a despised province in the Roman Empire. He was born before his mother's marriage had been official. He didn't bear, appear publicly till he was in his 30s. And spent most of his ministry time in the commercialized and more heathen north than Israel, away from Jerusalem. After two years, he gathered this dozen or so unimpressive disciples and had a few converts too, mostly among the poor and the unlearned. And during the last year of his public ministry, he generated such passionate opposition from both the well-moneyed and those who were born at the right time and the right place, and the, the religious fundamentalists, that they joined forces in this alliance to have him painfully and shamefully killed. You wouldn't predict such, from such a bleak beginning, this great kingdom would grow. Jesus did. Jesus knew. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he planted it in a field. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. And the birds of the air Come and perch in its branches. Giant growth. Across this planet, two billion and counting from a small seed. You know, in Nepal, there were less than 5,000 people in the early 90s. Now there's millions of Christians in the space of 15, 20 years. One by one, by one, by one, growth, the kingdom. Short conversations, loving deeds, acts of kindness. Doesn't sound grand, does it? 
doesn't sound very spectacular, of hanging in there, of remaining true to, to Jesus in the face of opposition. But Jesus' way. Small beginnings to great endings. You know, when Jesus died, and we sung it just a moment ago, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, when Jesus died, he was the mustard seed that was planted. When Jesus was dying on a cross, nobody alive said, get ready for something big, big. Because look, he's on the cross. To them, it was a day of disaster. The people in Jerusalem weren't threatened when 120 people gathered in an upper room to pray. And they waited for the promised spirit. Why worry? Jesus gone. And yet, the spirit came at Pentecost and the world has never been the same. From a mustard seed. From initially insignificant. The once mature and grown rivals the cedar or the oak. Jesus wants us to know that the growth of the church, however visible and however much it will affect people's lives, is like the mustard tree. It's not in your top 20 trees. And maybe there's a lesson there that it's not going to be terribly grand in the world's eyes. Yeah, we've got great cathedrals and people wear funny robes and there's all that stained glass. But actually the church is a funny looking thing, isn't it? Kingdom of God. I'm looking at it. Funny looking thing you are. And who'd have thought, who'd have thought that with faith and small beginnings, these things would grow? Phil was talking this morning and saying, you know, and reminds us regularly, it wasn't so long ago that there were only a few handful, a small seed here. And it looked like that seed was dying, the little plant. And look what God can do. Look what God can do. God establishes great things. In the world's eyes, the church may not look much, like a mustard tree. Still kind of like a plant rather than a tree, but the birds come and they perch on the branches. What's the meaning of the parable? Jesus spoke in parables and said, work it out. (coughs) 
He spoke it to the disciples, the fishermen, the tax collectors, the ordinary, the insignificant, the passed over, the nondescripts. And we read and marvel at what they did. But you know, we're not much different from them. And the meaning of the parable is, And God loves to start small and use the little to confound and to prove and demonstrate that it's him all along. It was never our strength or our ability or our can-do attitude. You know, to Gideon, the judge in the Old Testament, he gathered 3,000 people to fight with him. And God said, there's too many, Gideon. What? 3,000 against all these foes? Yep, too many. Cut them down. 10%, please. And he gathered 300. And the victory was won, not because of their strength, but because of God. Now we can do it, says God. Small acts. Small acts making ourselves available to God. The world may say, Puh, no, I won't change anything. You know, when we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we say, yes, Lord. Great things come in small packages. This is your big plan. I want to reach the world, says the slightly overweight middle-aged lady. Great things come in small packages. you pray let's stand you know someone said to me on the door this morning at church they went for a dinner party with, there were three different families, three different couples from different denominations and an atheist couple. And as they talked, they said, do you know, one of the things we've noticed about the Baptist Church in Camden is whenever anyone comes out from it, they, they seem happy, said the atheist. And then the Christian, or another Christian said, well, it's, who wouldn't be after spending two hours locked in that school? But the point being, they'd noticed something. A seed's been planted. Heavenly Father, the kingdom of heaven, you said, is like this mustard seed. Plant seeds. And I thank you for the seeds that have been planted, the dreams that have been given, these ordinary people that I'm part of here that you plant your good seed in us. And I tell you what, nothing's impossible for God. Nothing's impossible for God. For us, it's, everything's pretty much impossible. Kingdom significance. But you know what he says, brothers and sisters, live by faith, not by sight. And I thank you for what you've done and grown here. We thank you for the privilege of being part of this tree that spans the globe. And its root and base 
And the trunk is Jesus. Jesus, you're amazing. Look at what you've done. You've done amazing things. You've done amazing things in us. But keep us growing. And I pray, Jesus, just to give us the faith that this week in the small things to us that seem trivial, actually they can be pivotal moments. That the world, you know, people may think, get to the end of the week and think, what have I accomplished? What have I earned? What have I built? What have I accomplished? And yet, the small things, the things of the kingdom will have been done. We're praying for those family members and colleagues at work and friends at school who don't know. And we pray you'd put us in the place where we can make the difference. We're praying for those little seeds of the church in places where the authorities are trying to stamp them out, poison them. But they're so foolish because they stand against Jesus. His church, his plant that grows. We pray for faith. And help us to reimagine and know that it seems not much can be accomplished amongst this group of people. Well, we can do something, but he says we can immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Measurably more. We're weak, Jesus, but you are strong. We're like a broken jar of clay vessel. Yet you put great, valuable treasure within. And you're doing that. What an exciting thing. I pray for this people as together. And we might look at each other and think, really, us? Great things in these small packages and, and the way of the kingdom is yes. I pray for our young people here, so full of promise and vitality and passion and and I pray in the coming years the kingdom would come through such as these I pray for their witness in the school know that for some it's really tough at the moment but just in standing firm for Jesus and not budging to the left or right and not fighting back as they are being fought against would just speak volumes to the teachers and to those that are alert spiritually and even those who are deaf and dumb to the things of the kingdom, they think, what is it? Seed be planted. And I thank you that you take, in so often in Scripture, those who are more senior and old and, and pa- has-beens and past it and, and beyond their prime, and you do something that is astounding and phenomenal. The key things of the kingdom through Abraham and Sarah and Moses the privilege of Anna and Simeon in the temple. 
Saul, Samuel, when he anointed David at the end of his life. Pray we'd hear the meaning of the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God, the reign and the rule of God is like. A mustard seed. It's planted. Right now it's planted. And the smallest of seeds, it grows and is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. Yes, Lord. Here and now. In the days to come, yes, Lord.